What's good, y'all? This is the Street Eats and Dope Beats, a podcast where we tie together DIY music industry and the ever-so-dope street food hustle and delicious eats all over. We got our special guest, A-Rod, joining us, but a little quick commercial break. Not really a commercial break, it's a music break. I apologize. And cut. Jazz coordinated the decoronation. Royalty, the fragrance was went through the mud, had clenched for the occasion. My masculine sacred, believing in being so close, I could taste it. Mastering, got playing patient. Healing, learning from the pain. Can't dwell on shit, we gon' make What's it. What's up, y'all? We're back. This is Adam, a.k.a. El Cocinero, a.k.a. Mr. Lunchtime. <laughs> Mr. Lunchtime. Yeah. Mr. Sunshine. One of my students called me Mr. Lunchtime. Mr. Sunshine Lunchtime over here. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And uh, we're here with our special guest, Rudy A. Rod Rodriguez. What's up, brother? How What's are up, you? What's up, man? What's up? This is dope. I like this setup. I was nice. It's great. You yeah, try to be uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, you got me here on a Sunday morning, man. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Early. Is, I'm not. I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> I, I don't start going until about uh, eleven. That's when I start kind of like rolling, and I'm like, all right, this is. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. Welcome. I was, I was Good telling, morning. I was telling him I have small dogs, and they have like that schedule where it's like seven thirty, they're up and they're ready to go. But on Sundays I kind of keep them in. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna chill for a second. We're not gonna go so quick, yeah. Nice, nice. So how's everything? How's how you doing? Good, man. Just uh, I I feel like I started the year a little bit slower than I expected, but I'm not I'm not putting any pressure on myself to like yeah be like oh I need to get, this needs to get done and this needs to get, I'm just like all right I'm just gonna take it as one week at a time and let it be nice let it yeah. let it let it form organically yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So let me let me let me just give you guys a rundown about about A Rod. Um, I met A Rod through. It's funny because we know like probably a lot of mutual people. Yeah. But we didn't meet until like maybe I don't know. It's been a good like four or five years. I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, somewhere yeah, somewhere around there. And um, but like the mutual people we we know, like I've known them for like fifteen plus years. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting on how. You know, two worlds collide, but like later on in life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the funny thing is, which we're going to go into after he, you know, gives us a little brief bio, um, his show, the hip hop show, which was like in the early 2000s. And I used to watch him <laughs> on public, it was like public access or uh, it, was a, it was a, it was an actual network. LATV or something? We filmed it. Yeah. It was an LATV network, but we filmed it like public access style. Yeah. Just to like, cause we were like, we didn't really have a budget. The, it was an actual network where the the whole network had money, but they were like, "Hey, we picked you guys up, and but we're not really giving you guys money to do what you guys want to do on a TV network." So they basically was like, they were like, record everything, edit everything, and we'll put it on our network. And then the crazy thing is that when the show the show started out shining all the other shows that were they were invested it was dope dude yeah, it was, so i mean it was it, was, it was tight so let's okay let's fir- first things first <laughs> let's get your little your we got a little background. excited there i, I did was, i did you see me yeah I'm i think it's the coffee but we good yeah. uh so let's go <laughs> let's start off um where you grew up and you know just a little quick little um i'm um I'm, i was born in boyle heights um third generation boyle heights um um, I was raised in Rosemead, in East LA, um, and it's kind of like where I'm, I'm like my six two six in East LA, man. It's just like everything to me. Um, it, it's it's crazy because I'm like 
there's days when I'm like, I don't live there now. So it's like, there's days I miss that place so much yeah, yeah, because yeah. of all that good stuff that they have. And Rosemead, right. it's like, that's home, all the food and everything. And then East LA is the same thing. It's like, man, that's like my heart. But um, yeah, that's where I'm from, yeah. Right, dope, 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 dope. So let me see. So then now we could get start getting into to the meat of the situation. <laughs> yeah. uh, so how'd you get started? Um, doing your show um i know because like like you were just saying um it was a, i mean it was a really dope show watching it and i didn't have cable for a minute yeah like not even gonna lie like i didn't get cable until i was like out of high school so being able to watch a show like that it, because you know you hear everybody with you know yo mtv raps and bt and this that and the other and you know we didn't have cable so you know i'd go to homies houses watch but then to see somebody that was like in a sense like me like us you know on tv being able to watch them on a regular i guess you know channel it was dope because you you know it was a really dope show um i yeah thank you man um it was weird because like i i'm i'm, I'm a guy that's like never changed ever my whole life about hip-hop like i never went through a phase where i'm like oh i'm into like the grunge thing in the early 90s i never went through that i was the guy like in the in the mid 90s and early 90s that was when all the house partying stuff was going on and like all that like house music and and deep house i was the dude that was mad like oh they're not playing no hip-hop anywhere yeah and but even before that like my whole childhood was always fighting with my parents my, my parents are like chicano people who are like all about funk and soul yeah and all yeah, stuff, yeah, right? yeah. And I was a kid that was fighting against my parents. Like, man, rap is going to be the biggest thing ever. Like, in the 80s, I was like, this is going to be bigger than anything. And my dad would be like, yeah, right, it's a fad. It's going to die out. This music can't last and this whole thing, right? So I never, ever changed about hip-hop. Like, never. And so come now, come around, like, late 90s, um, I got really deep into, like, the underground hip-hop scene in L.A. Okay. Like, really into it. And in in my senior year, you no, know, my junior year in high school, um, I heard about Unity. It was like the biggest like event thing. They're the guys that brought all the people from the East Coast over to LA. So at the time, one of my friends was like, um, there's a guy named Eminem performing, and he's supposed to be like the next big thing at this underground show. We were like, all right, in high school, 16 years old, let's go to it. We sure. go to it and I couldn't believe that they started the show. So we got there like at 11, 12. They didn't start the show until like one o'clock in the morning. It was, at a, <laughs> it was at a warehouse. So by the time Eminem gets up, and it's crazy because Dilated opened up for Eminem. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and that was the last time I seen Duke from Psycho Ram before he got shot. He was standing outside. So we're 16 in high school. We come out the, we come out the back door. He's standing right there. My boy's like, that's Duke from Psycho Ram. And I'm like, damn, okay. So we're waiting around, waiting around. Dilated is there. This is when Dilated only had like um, 12 inches out. They didn't have no records, nothing. They just had 12 inches. So they were just doing singles and singles and singles. Yeah. Finally, they finish. Eminem gets on stage and and he comes out and I'm like, oh, that's the guy? Like, <laughs> like who's this guy? Yeah. Like, I was like, everybody's hyped on this dude right here? And we, we saw one song and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I need to go home. I'm getting trouble, you know? <laughs> I'm going to get so... My dad's going to be so pissed. And then 
I fell in love with it though. I was like, man, this is a scene. Like people come to hip hop events, this is a whole scene. So then fast forward another, probably another year later, I started hanging out at Project Load, trying to get there every Thursday. Like when there was a, there was a day off next, there was, when there was no school on Friday, I was at Project Load. And then I found out that somebody in my school was in um, Acid Rain, like a hip hop group that was part of Project Blood. And then he started going like, well, come down and um, pass out flyers for me when you're there. And then that's when I met Tumex one day because okay. he saw me passing out flyers. He's like, hey, you pass out flyers? And I'm like, yeah, when I'm here, I'll promote for whoever. Word. So I'm 17 passing out flyers for everybody. So I started being like, it started becoming like ooh, part of my identity. Yeah. And then, um, and then come a couple years later, maybe like a year later, I'm at home or me, I'm at or like at my girl's house at the time. I'm at her house. I'm changing the channels, and I see this TV show, and it, like it looks like a public access access show, and I'm like, damn, this is dope. They're playing nothing but like real hip hop videos on here. Like this is really cool. And then I see the end credits, and I'm like, wait, I know, I know who Richard Estrada is. Like that's somebody I grew up with from from like some East LA stuff. And then I'm like, no way. I'm like, no, nah, I just didn't think anything about it. So I used to hang out at this public access um, studio as a kid growing up. And then um, my my boy Richard, who's the who was the executive producer of the, the TV show, was there editing the, the TV show, editing his own the hip hop show. And I'm like, you are the guy behind it. He's like, have you seen it? I'm like, man, this show is dope. Like, I, I watched the whole hour and I'm like, this thing is like, this is going to be like the big thing right here. And then he's like, well, if you want to, um, if you want to come and hang out and maybe help, help us out, be a production assistant, come. We don't got no money for you, but just come and hang out. And we do a lot of interviews. And I said, yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'll show up, you know? So I show up. And right away, they had their own little clique of people, which was like Big Citric. Uh, um, at the time, our man, uh, the manager, Cynthia, who was part of the production, her husband, Devin, and the executive producer. And there was another two hosts part of the show at the time. And then um, at, that, at that one point, I was just like, you know, putting wires together, helping the cameraman, holding tapes, whatever I could do. And then... I did that for like six months, probably. And then I think this was like, now it's 2000, right at 2000, yeah. I think I just turned like 19 at the time. And I get, um, man, what happened? Oh, so the TV show started like getting really popular, right? That network heard about the show and was like, hey, um, um, we'll pick you guys up. But the two other hosts on the show, not Big Citric, but the two other hosts on the show were like, if that network's picking us up, we want money. Like, we want, this is how much we want to get paid. And if you ain't down to pay us, like, we're out. Okay. So, um, but Citric was like, nah, dude, I'll stay on because I like doing this, you know? Like, at the time, and at that time, like, if you ain't getting real money, like, from, like, BT or MTV, like, you're just having fun, right? Like, doing that kind of stuff. You ain't getting real money. So, um, they had me jump on one time to just do like a segment. I I don't know if it, the feedback was good from what I did, because I wasn't really good at. It. I was like 19 years old. I I just was just in love with the music. So then, 
I don't know what happened when when I think what happened was when those two guys were like, I'm out. They needed a host, so they one day was like, fill in, just go in there with with Citric, and yeah. we'll see how this works. It worked the right it worked the right way. Like it just really did. There was chemistry right away, and we kind of just vibed off of each other. And I almost at times looked up to him because I was like, this dude's at the time he's like 30, he was like 30 years old probably, and I was 19, and I'm like. I could feed off of him and I can it almost feel secure because I was like I kind of knew about like TV and stuff like that but I didn't understand chemistry with how you can bounce off of people you know so I go and do that and right away it kind of takes off like boom it just takes off because the hip hop scene started exploding in LA like big and everywhere right. right so it started like it had like a it had a face now and it had everybody had a tool to pump their videos and stuff, right? So that goes on and we're like, damn, this is getting big. Because now I, I'm hanging out at all the hip-hop events and everybody's coming up to us. Everybody. Everybody's like, yo, man, we love the show, we love the show. And we're like tripping out because we're like, damn, people are actually watching this. So the network is now getting like pretty excited about it. And we're and we're happy, you know, like we're we're doing okay, you know. Now they start kind of paying us, and and at the time we were like, I think we were still trying to understand the dynamics of how big this is gonna get or where it's going, right? Because now, um, now all the artists are bugging us, like, hey, we have a video. Can you play the video? Can you play the video? Now certain artists are getting. A little more like, hey, you put so and so on there. Oh, I need to be on there. How do you wait? Yeah. So now, like dudes that were like fronting on me, like, because I would go to shows and I'd be like, man, you gotta be on my show, and they'd be like, oh man, dude, like, nah, dude, yeah. nah, nah, like, nah, get <laughs> like you're just a there. kid, you know. Uh, six months later, those dudes are like, hey, um, so what's up, man? You know, when can I get on the show? <laughs> you know, when can we do a live show? I saw you did a live show with the Living Legends. Like, why can't we get a live show? Yeah. You know. And I'm like, uh, you know, you kind of feel a certain way, but at the same time, um, I, I guess I was taught through at that time, our manager was like, hey, this isn't about you. This is about the whole scene. So I started really falling in love more with the scene to understand, like, almost like to give the people what they want. Right. Instead of individual. Yeah. Personal. And then this was what year? What year this was this? Was, this was like 2000, 2001. Okay. 2001. Okay. That's when I started being like, because I see the scene getting big. But now at the same time, on the side, I'm like putting on events. I'm promoting events here and there, like my own little events. So I started doing like a like a hip hop show appreciation kind of thing, a small thing where like bring out the fans of the TV show to see like some upcoming acts. And then I started getting um, behind a little bit of, of the events where I would help promote the events. The, maybe sometimes the TV show didn't know I was doing that. Like, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> ask, like, you're, was that? cool with them or um I, I think the the network was getting upset that we weren't selling ads for the event and i was just promoting stuff because i because i was like a little bit behind of those events like i wanted to make sure and then at the same time i knew I, the one thing i've always known is marketing man so as a kid i've always understood the aspect of marketing so i knew like hey if i start talking about this record on on the show right and this is the, one of the hottest records in, in underground music right I'm like I know I can get that guy on the show like eventually I can get that guy on the show but I gotta talk about this record a little bit yeah 
Because the thing is, people were always like, they, the thing that people criticized me the most about my reviews on the show, about my on the albums I talked about, was that I didn't say anything bad about them. But I always told people when they approached me about it, and they said like, man, why don't you ever say anything that you didn't like this, you didn't like that? I said, if that if I'm not talking about the record on the on the show, then I don't like the record. Plain that's and true. simple. I don't need to be I don't need to say anything bad about your record because that's your art, that's your music. But if I'm not mentioning it, it's it's not my taste. That's not what I'm working with. Yeah. So I, I understood that part of it. And I think I remember one time, this is crazy. So during that time of the show, um, the person that like kind of looked out for me the most in, in the hip hop scene was Tumex from Visionaries. He's the guy that like really looked out for me. He's the guy that like him and, and the dudes from Acid Rain, uh, which is beyond from Acid Rain. He, he's those two guys like really looked out for me. They kind of like would vouch for me at times and stuff like that. So one time, Tumex tells me, "Hey, um, uh, you want to go on tour with us?" And it's like forty, it's it's forty five shows in forty eight days, and it's all around the country. We're gonna go. We're gonna spend like almost two months on the road. Damn. And and I'm like, I'm like, man, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> I gotta do this right. Cause I wanted to see. That's overall a dope experience. Yeah, I wanted to see the tour. Like I wanted to see hip hop all over the all over the world. I mean, all over the country. But also, I was like, I was so involved in the music that I'm like, this is, this is this is what I gotta do. You know, like so on that tour, I actually had like a you know like the movie Almost Famous. Okay. Like the kid that goes on the tour with it with them. I've, I, I that's that's exactly what happened to me on that tour. Like, but a hip hop version of that. Like all the shit that you think that you wouldn't see, I didn't. You know what's funny is like when I when I went on that tour with them and I, I thought hip hop underground hip hop was like, at a times like, like an innocent art almost, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't at the time two thousands. It was like all the bling was hot, right? Like everything was bling, everything. So I go on this tour and I'm like, damn, this is this is this is rap music. This, this is not just no, but this is like rap music, like. The same stuff that you think happens on a big rap tour, same thing happens on an underground hip hop tour. Oh yeah, because that's not. I mean, that's not. I want to talk about this later. We'll come back to this. Yeah. That's not underground. Like, L.A. underground is not. Is y'all from here? Yeah. Uh, it like the homies that are putting on for rap in in in, in Idaho. They're not going on a forty-eight city tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is at a time where it's underground by default because. Hip hop wasn't is not huge. Yeah, yeah. y'all comparing it to the bling bling, but y'all yeah. were doing it. Yeah, I, all those names you're, that you're mentioning, I was reading about in magazines when I was 11 in Hawaii. So y'all, that's not underground. Yeah, like, so put some respect on that. Yeah, scene. no, no, I, no. Y'all I, were getting it in. in. Yeah, I know. No, I the say tour. it as a, as a, as a in as comparison. A, it's yeah, it, as a title that was used commonly. Yeah, because it was it was more like yeah, there was mainstream hip hop. Yeah, and then there was like underground, like you said. That's yeah. dope though. Because like, not saying it's to knock it, but I'm saying no, 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 for yeah. sure. It's because I think at the time, everything and see that's where I think about music now and hip hop now. Where, um, at that time, like everybody was was fighting against being mainstream, um, mainstream, right? Yeah, because they didn't want to involve all that like. You need to you need to rap about money and you need to rap about girls to make it. Right? Like you gotta follow like record labels. Yeah, you gotta follow. You know, like now that's what it is, right? Like it's just like if you do if you have this beat with this with this lyric, yeah. and and all you say a couple of these things and you rap with this rap style, you're gonna have a hit. You're probably gonna have a hit and you're gonna go on tour to promote that song, right? 
so now but let's i'll go back to the yeah. and then going back to the show um the how it got i think how it really got big i think how it really got big was just that um people people liked me and me and citric the big yeah. citric the, the host of the show, the host of the show i think they they liked us a lot where like you said, um, people saw a familiar face. No, definitely, yeah, definitely. And that's for for me. It was like tuning on, you know, turning on the TV and seeing homies talk about music, but with more of a like in depth look, and then just like, yeah, yeah, this was dope, this and that. Yeah, I, I, we didn't. I, I don't know. I mean, I I think I, at one point I started taking it serious. Yeah, because the one thing I I didn't want to be on TV was I didn't want to be. Um, I didn't want to be like trying to crack jokes all yeah. the time, and because we, me and Citric would joke a lot uh, away from the cameras, right? We would always be joking, and and I would always be driving him around. So like, we joke all the whole way to the, the TV studio, the whole way home, and we just be messing around, right? But the minute I got on TV, I I'm my whole thing was I better be serious on the show because if I'm a representation of people that look like me. Or like just a, another kid on the show. I don't want to be like he's just a joke and he just messes around right. and he doesn't take this kind of stuff serious, right? I I, I lived by that and I and maybe it kind of it, it didn't show my personality more because I didn't because I like to joke around all the time. I could have shown my personality more, but I was so concerned that if somebody saw me that didn't know me or like or if my grandma watched the show. She wasn't like looking at him and just being a joker on this TV show. Like, not taking you serious. Not taking me serious, right? Right. So I was a, a lot of times maybe too serious. And like, and I was, and I came across that after at times where it's funny because I would be around like other rappers at the time and they'd be like, man, you, you don't act like this. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh man, I just, I act too serious on the show just because I don't want people to think of, of me as a joke. And as a little kid, because I looked so much younger than at the time of my age, I was 19, but I probably looked like 15, you know? And I was like, people think of me as a kid anyways. You look like you're 15 now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and so I think, but with Citric, I think um, people, when people saw us out, like at, uh, at the time, we'd be like, said we went to like um, the Smokeout at the time, which was the big festival, right? We went to the Smokeout. And like everybody wanted to talk to Citric, like everybody wanted to see him because we weren't gonna be, oh we're on TV, that kind of thing. Never, we couldn't be like that. Cause at the time I was broke as hell. Like um, Citric wasn't, he wasn't on, in movies yet and doing all that stuff. Like we were just two dudes that we couldn't, we couldn't try to front on anybody. And this is a time when like people were trying to front, like they had the fake bling yeah. on, all this stuff. So we'd yeah. go to a festival and they were like, you oh man, are- they still do. Yeah. <laughs> We would go to the festival and we'd walk through the whole crowd and trying to like, hey, you want to pick some random dude? Like, hey, you want to give us your top five songs right now? And yeah. people would kind of trip out on that because they're like, people don't do this. Oh, yeah. I seen you guys at, uh, as a matter of fact, at uh, it was an event, like a kind of like a festival over there at uh, Griffith Park. Yeah. And I had just quit like the last restaurant I worked at when I was a baby. And I remember walking through and telling Doreen, Hey, look! There's A Rod and Citric from the hip hop show, and you and you guys were just like chopping, like you said, like just chopping up with people, just grabbing random people and talking with them, and uh, that's that's funny, that's, so that's crazy. So, quick question: So the the show was what um, you said it was on a network? Like, was it national? 
Like, because when you're on tour, were you getting recognized? Like, yeah, that explain was, to me well, the scale. Uh, well, the, the, show. The, the show was supposed to be only aired from, like, I guess, Santa Barbara to somewhere near San Diego. So, okay. like, it was a good range. And then out to the IE and around that kind of thing. So it was a, it was a big, it was a big area like that. It, it, but it was local, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the tour in, in Dallas, a guy comes up to me and he's like, I know who you are. And I said, nah, dude, you don't know who I am. Like, there's no way you can know who I am. Like, it's my first time in Dallas. Like, you couldn't know who yeah. I am. You, I, first thing I asked him, I go, you've been to LA before? And he's like, nah. Like, well, he's like, no, not really. And then I'm like, okay. Like, Am I getting so banged then, on right now? What's going no, on? No, he was, yeah. No, he was, if he was like, if, if I'm, and I grew up in a hood where yeah. like, you know, when someone's going to bang on you. So he came up and he was nice. And I'm like, but you don't know who I am. Howdy, partner. And then right, hey, yeah. I know you. And right away he says, oh man, you guys have Freestyle Fellowship on your show. And I said, what? Like, how do you know that somebody sent you a tape? And he said, no, no, no. I saw it at home. I was, I was going through the channels. And I saw it. I was like, how did you see that home? Like, we're we're small network yeah. in LA. And he's like, no, I got one of those big satellite dishes. Uh, oh, guys. yeah. <laughs> those huge, huge ones. ones back in yeah. the day. Guys, so, come over. I got 144 channels. <laughs> yes. I don't know. What and he's that. like, I was changing <laughs> yeah. it around and I see Freestyle Fellowship performing in your studio live. Sick. And, and then after, he's like, and then I see you hosting the show and, with the big dude, Citric. <laughs> and I said, oh, man, that's so crazy. Like, I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't even. I couldn't Trip was just out. tripping out. Like, yeah. And I still to this day I'm friends with that guy because that dude's a big time like DJ in Dallas, like big time DJ. Like, sick. In. Yeah, DJ, crazy. shout out to DJ Sober. He's and it's weird because he kind of like stood in that scene and then kind of made a name for himself, and now like he's celebrity DJ dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's awesome. that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So you had that big period of growth where you started with just being a fan, and you took an opportunity, you seized it, got on the show, and then it, it got picked up, and so that must have been. A, uh, a nice journey for you, you know. Yeah, it's crazy because it was a time where I was going to I was going to um, LA Trade Tech. Ooh. I was going there. Ooh, um, I was going to Trade <laughs> Tech for for fashion. I was really into fashion, so I go. I'm gonna take the fashion program, and um, I did the first. I did my first year there in the fashion program, and then after I was like, and then the show came calling, and I was like, uh, I told I told my parents I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go back to school. I'm like. I'm out at night late. Yeah. Um, I have to be on call for the studio stuff. Yeah. Um, and my parents are kind of like, they're kind of pissed because they're like, you had to either go to, I, I was supposed to go to art school or do something with fashion. And uh, my parents were like pretty pissed. My mom's still pissed about that. <laughs> she thinks she brought hey, that probably, probably there on the same time. Like what, 2000, 99, 2000? Yeah, 99. That's yeah, yeah 2000. Yeah, my, my small my, world. My mom, my, my mom still brings that up, man. She gets pissed, <laughs> like, you didn't go to art school. You were supposed to go to art school and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I can't hear about this. <laughs> yeah, so it, at that time, it was just weird because, like, when you're kind of, like, when you're, like, you know, 19, 20 years old, I mean, you still don't really, like, get what's going on in your life. You know, you're kind of just straight out of high school. And you're if you're in college, even when you're in college, you're still trying to figure things out, right? Yeah, that transitions still different yeah you know you know and no matter what no matter what era this is it yeah. could be now it's You're like be, oh i gotta be an adult now yeah like wait well what does that really consist of yeah see and, and that was the thing that i had to like learn on my own because i didn't i had a manager at a time at the time when we first got the show she she was like and she would school me on a lot of things 
But a lot of times I'm like 19 or 20 years old, 21 years old around everybody that's an adult. Everybody that's an adult. So at times, like, I remember one time uh, we were in a, we were in a, can I cuss on here or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Fuck no. yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Shit. So one time we're in a we're in exe- we're in a meeting right and we're like all the executives like this shit got serious now okay. like this shit was like getting serious now where they're like your show's beating out all the other shows and your show's also beating out MTV at its time slot. In what so, time were you guys on? Um, Fridays at like Fridays at nine or ten o'clock around that time. Oh okay. So we're beating out anything on MTV or any other music show at that time. So now the executives are like, hey. Uh, we need to have a, like a meeting. So we come to this meeting and I'm like, oh shit, we're going to get paid now. Like we're going to get some more money. And I'm like, damn, this is going to be good. Like, so I go in and there's like executives, like suits and everything. And we go and I'm sitting down and I'm 20 years old, all into hip hop, like die hard. Like this is independent as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. like fuck all the mainstream shit. And at yeah. the time this is when reggaeton's just hitting, right? So they sit in, we're sitting in the meeting and I see some lady like off to the side and I knew who she was in the hip hop scene and and I, I'm not I'm not gonna mention her name but I, I knew that she wasn't in there for good intentions she was in there because she wanted a piece of what was going on because she saw how big this, this was getting and now and I'm and I'm like I but right before I go into that meeting I get a call from my manager and, she, and my manager don't like her so my manager calls me and she says hey she's gonna that, that girl that's gonna be in the meeting this is who she is She's going to try to get a piece of the show. So I'm like, I, I don't say anything to Citric because Citric's like, he's down for whatever. Yeah. He, just, he doesn't like, that dude's never been picky about things like like that. But I'm so gun-ho because I'm so involved in that scene. And I know that the scene cares more than anything that nothing can be mainstream. Like, they don't want no mainstream, nothing. They want it independent as fuck. Like, you have to be about the culture. So I come... I go to that, I, right, I get off the phone, boom, flip phone, boom, flip hang phone. that thing up, close my sidekick, <laughs> close my sidekick, and I go in and I sit down and I'm like looking around and I'm like, damn, I'm 21 years old and everybody's in here and now they're being serious. And I'm like, shit. So she comes in, I mean, she sits down and all of a sudden she starts talking to that lady, right? And she starts saying, well, in order for us to, to be bigger, and I'm like, I said, what, us? us? Yeah. yeah. Right away I start to go, what, us? And then my executive producer is like, hey, man, be cool. And I said, okay, whatever. Because at the time, I knew now what my value was to the show because my value was so big in the music, in the hip-hop scene, that I knew I carried a lot of weight for the TV show now. So then she's like, she starts saying, oh, when we, if we implement this stuff into the show and maybe we bring in this guy to like co-host and all shit, I'm like... I got pissed. I'm like, I hit my hand on the table. I'm like, these motherfuckers don't even know how yeah. big this shit is right now. And then after my my exec, the executive producer of the show, like jumps in, he's like, he doesn't mean like motherfucker like that. <laughs> he doesn't mean it in a bad way. He's, like, yeah, he's just do. being passionate about yeah. what he's saying. He was your anger translator. Yeah. The other yeah. way around. Yeah. He, he, was like, he was like that. Like he's like, he doesn't believe, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not saying motherfucker in a bad way. Like <laughs> around 21, Riding for the whole scene, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm the like it's on your back, you I'm, feel. yeah. Like I'm the dude that's like, I even told them I go, man, you cannot do that to this show because this show's the show of the people, right? And now I gotta go to those events and I gotta hear it from the people if they don't like some shit, right? And then they're like, no, but you know, like, 
I could see the manager. I mean, I could see the executive producer shaking his head like, fuck, dude. Like, this fool's blowing this shit <laughs> for us right now. Yeah. yeah. And then Citrix just like, you know, like, dude, like, be cool. You know, like, you can't, you can't get too excited. But I was just like, man, it either has to just, just leave, leave the thing the way it is. Just leave it alone. So we walk out there and, um, um, uh, I get home and I get a phone call from the producer and he's like, things are going to change a little bit. They're going to, they're thinking about bringing in another, uh, host. I said, if they're worried about us not doing the job the right way, I'm like, bringing the acting coaches, bringing the professional people to, to help us. We'll get this going. We're too, we're too popular in the scene to not, to not, if for this not to work. Right. And then after, they're like, yeah, but they just don't see it that way. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, dude, me and Citric right now, I was like the hot shit right now. Yeah. This thing. yeah, yeah like, yeah. how, how are you going to, you know, like, how are you going to do that? Like, we just did a, we had just did a, a live taping one of the, the night, one of the nights, the the Lakers won the championship where we did a live taping <clears throat> thing was big studio audience, the oh, whole damn. deal. Like this was big. There's like executives in a, in a green room and we're like, we got makeup on and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this is serious shit now. Like this is not where we're live on TV, taking in live calls on TV and the and it just like goes off really dope, right? And now the exec, the the studio's like hyped on us. Now they're kissing our ass and they're like, oh um, now they're telling me like, hey um, can you come by on um on a Tuesday, um to interview Little John? <laughs> and I'm like, oh all right man, like I'm like and at the, my back of my head I'm like, how much are you trying to pay me because that's not really my shit, you know? Yeah, you know, but I'm this like, this is when hip hop was blowing up. Blowing up this hard. Is, yeah. This is this, this is, is little John like, became, exponentially. Yes, hip hop. This is when hip hop became mainstream. Yeah. across the, across the board. Across the board. This right. is this is um, coast to coast. This is yeah. This yeah, is this is hip hop with this is hip hop and and reggaeton meeting on a like a level of like hey let's all dump all our money into it. This is pop Grand music. level. Yeah. And this you're is, in the one of the biggest the biggest markets. Yeah. You're in LA. We're That's in LA, thing, you know. So I'm starting to get like now the studio's like kissing my butt in a little bit. In a, in a way, right? They're like, "Hey, you got to come by and um and interview little John or the Yang Yang Twins or Pitbull, yeah. somebody, <laughs> right?" And I'm like, "Okay, but I what I felt was like, man, I'm not I'm not that guy. Like I'm yeah. not I'm I'm not um You're not Carson Daly. No, it wasn't Carson Daly. I didn't wear the clothes like that they thought I would wear. You know, like I was, yeah. I was at the time I was sponsored by a clothing company. I wore their stuff. I wore a hat. Like I didn't really want to put the makeup on. Like they were, this was like a studio, like where like dudes look like actors and shit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. yeah. There's like t- TV hosts and shit like that. Like yeah. at the time, like one of the hosts um, for one of the shows is like, Alicia Del Valle, who's on Channel 7 now, the, the traffic lady. Okay. Like, that's where we come from. Like, that's all those people, like, made that's it crazy. In, in ways, right? So I'm, like, there, and I'm, like, shit, dude, they got a studio audience. They're playing music I don't even know. And <laughs> and it's a Spanish network, too, by the way. And I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> so You're they're, right. you know what I mean? And we just did a hip-hop show that covers all genres with all nationalities, so they're like, in in ways like they're happy, but at the same time they're kind of hating on us, because they're like, oh man, this isn't this isn't a Latino TV show. It's Latino host, but, yeah. but this isn't a this isn't a Latin show. So I think that was another reason why the network 
like loved us and hate us at the same time. And then as as we kept getting more popular, like um, and they then they started throwing some money at me to do these interviews and stuff like that. And um, I just uh, at the then our manager at the time leaves. She just didn't want anything to do with hip hop anymore. And that was kind of a weird situation because like she was just like saying stuff. She's like, uh, she would tell me one time she told me she's like, Rudy, you're 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 a threat to them, you know. You're a threat to all of them because you're young and people like you and they they know it, but they can't they can't hone you in. Like they can't they can't control yeah. you, you know what right. I mean? Right. And they're kind of and and that makes them mad about it. Of course. And you're gonna say what you're gonna say. Yeah, no, it was getting it was getting big where they couldn't ignore it, but they couldn't figure out how to like yeah. pull you in and be like, okay, now let's uh let's call uh, Rudy to make up yes. and let's sit him on this, you know, on this uh, chair. Yeah, and let's you know, and and yeah, I mean it's a threat, hundred percent. And Rudy's like, fuck that hip hop all yeah. day. I'm out. No, I, I kind of was, I'm man. Yeah. No, I kind of was on that shit. Like I really was. Like yeah. I it meant fought, something to you. Yeah, I fought for it in a in a way mm-hmm. where it wasn't. It wasn't because this is like something that, like I said, it was like my whole life. So it wasn't a joke about, and it wasn't something that like, oh, I'm not gonna be in it tomorrow. You know, what I mean, I'm not gonna do this tomorrow, and I'm right. not gonna listen to this kind of music. It's not. This is not. This is like my, my life. It's yeah. Still to this day, I'm like all about that kind of stuff. But and I and I fight for the like that good cause of the of that kind of music. You know, right? Because those those dudes that like had that time of like for like 15 years strong, those dudes are like. Those are like legends to me. You know what I mean? Like I see those dudes and I'm like, you put out, like you put out art, like this wasn't even hip hop to me. It's like art because it was like a specific time where music, where you guys did whatever you wanted to do and created a sound. And then that sound influenced so much other stuff. But you did it a way where at a time when you could have been, you could have went and tried to done like East Coast sound, like that boom bap sound. And you could have done some gangster stuff like that but all you guys chose to do like art like uh, um like beneath the surface album right like that that's a piece of that's a piece of art like that music goes places in it in it and it like it brings in so many different sounds and stuff like that and this is like the time too like when madlib and, and lupax just you know they're just out so those guys are creating this whole other sound they, like you start to hear early this is early madlib and you're like, damn, like this is this isn't what we think this is. This isn't East Coast. This isn't gangster rap. This is like starting to be like art. These dudes are starting to mold something. Mm-hmm. But then if you put it all in a hole for this scene in LA, like a hip hop scene, you're like, damn, they got everything in this gallery now. Right. And so now that gallery is like special. So I come from an art background. So when I seen that, I was like, shit, I need to be a part of that. And you want to preserve it. And I wanted to preserve it because you can't, you can't. You can you can tell people about art, right? And you can you can sell it to people and be like, this is what it is, this is what it is. But if you don't feel it because you don't if you don't go to that gallery all the time to go see what it's about and like go, if you're not part of it. You're not part of it and you don't meet the artist and you don't see the artist, you're not gonna know how special it is. And I think that's what the the TV show, the station saw. The station the station saw something that was kind of popular, but they didn't understand what was popular about right. it. They just wanted to monetize off that and sell yeah. it. Yeah, they just wanted to sell it. They wanted to sell it and 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 that's where I I couldn't man I couldn't be I couldn't couldn't get with the program I couldn't get with that man I no, just I saw good you stuck to your guns yeah because 
I mean, even to go into like the end of the show, like how the show ended and stuff like that was, I mean, this is something, that, I mean, like to, if I go to a hip hop event, at least one person is going to ask me like, why the show end, right? So I'm going to answer these question, this question now because I usually don't answer that question. Like I just be like, oh man, just politics, you know? And I leave it alone because it, it's just something I don't like to talk about. At a hip hop event, yeah. I won't talk about it. But my friends, if they ask me, you know, I'll tell them. I'll answer it now. But the reason why that show ended was when it got so popular, at, at one point it got so popular, they started bringing another host in. They brought in like a Eric, a Eric Obici. They brought in um, a different DJ. And they thought we bring in a name and that whole thing and the show's going to even get- Go to the next level, yeah. Next level, like huge, right? But what happened is that the, all those fans that love the art gallery, that love yeah. hip hop, were like, dude, those people are not a part of our scene. Yeah. Like, he's not a part of our scene. Like, I, I, I'm i not fucking with your show no more. So we had letters. in the time whenever we write letters still. We had emails. And they would be like, I love the show, but I'm, I'm, I, I just can't watch it no more because he's on the show. Or I wait for- Citrix part on the show and I wait for A-Rod's part on the show and I watch the show. Because the fans were that 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 passion, especially back back then, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s. In high school, it was like either, yeah, you listen to like mainstream hip hop or, you know, gangster rap or whatever, especially because around the time. Or then you had the heads that were just strictly like underground. They were like, fuck all of that. We're not listening to Snoop. We're not listening to none yeah. of that. You know, we're listening to... Um, yeah, freestyle fellowship and everybody two max and they were about it like they were like just cycle like, realm cycle realm yeah. especially yeah especially because like street mm. platoon all those guys uh cynic and all those guys they were like friends with uh my homies cousins and um son doobie all those cats um but to see that that like that evolution or that you know that scene like you said develop it was crazy it was it was crazy to be like you said be in that like era because you saw LA underground hip hop I know like Jackin's always like now hip hop's hip hop which is true yeah. and then like you know but it was either underground LA either LA underground not yeah. just yeah. underground LA underground specific Project Blowed Lemur, par, everything over there and then just mainstream but it was like LA underground against the world yeah it was it was like that and so when that when when we were trying to when I was trying to push that so much onto the show, because that was something that the man, our manager, Cynthia Hase at the time, she's the one that was like, if you do this, she knew at the beginning, she's like, if you do real interviews and you involve the, 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 audio, the, the crowd, you get them to do, you know, introduce their top five songs. These people are going to feel like they're a part of the show. They're going to feel like, oh man, I could get on TV. You know what I mean? If I run into them, they're going to interview me to just talk about hip hop. So that was her, like her vision about that, right? So I come the end now, come the end, they're really trying to make it mainstream now. They're they give me, an, I'm me and Citrix are starting to get a little bit of money now. I mean nothing, but like we were actually getting paid to do that show because a lot of people think it was like, oh, you guys are just doing public access show. Now we were getting paid to do that, but it it wasn't anything like we're like, oh man, you can live off of this kind of stuff. Um, they come and they and we have a meeting again, not with all the executive, but we have just a meeting. And um, the executive producer is my boy, like my boy boy since I was like 13, you know. He's like, Rudy, um, they're going to, they, they're giving us kind of like an ultimatum now. They're like, um, they need, they want us to put reggaeton on the show. And I said, what? I'm like, that's not hip hop though. Like that's not, yeah. has nothing to do with hip hop music. And at the time that was like the 
booty shaking, jiggy shit coming out of the Latin world, right? And I'm like, nah, dude. And he said, well, as soon as he, he's like, I knew your answer. And then he's like, and he's like, but um, you're probably not going to have a job after this then. And then I said, what? And he said, yeah. He's like, if you, if you don't okay this um, to introduce like reggaeton videos onto the show, um, you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to have a job. And I said, I'm cool with that. You're good. I go, <laughs> hey man, I can't do that. I can't even, I can't even do that to myself because I don't even know. I know about that music, but I don't know anything about it. And it's not hip hop music. I go, go ahead. I go, I told him, go ahead. Ha- hire somebody else and have them introduce those videos. There won't be no show tomorrow. You can't call it a hip hop show. Nobody will watch it because the thing is, that's not hip hop and you've already built a fan base. Because at one point we lost our whole fan base or half of our fan base because they changed up a couple of things. Like they started putting some mainstream videos on there. We lose half our, ha- our fa- fan base. Ratings go down. The fucking hate mail starts coming in. We had to work like three months to try to get everybody back. I'm at hip hop events like, hey, sorry for, I'm like hosting hip hop events. You know, they, they pay, they like hire me to come and host a hip hop event. And I'm like, hey, sorry about what's been going on with the show. Executives are getting involved. Um, believe me, it's going to go back to just being all underground hip hop. Work hard for three months and bring it back. And then they do that shit again to us because the ratings go boom again, skyrocket to the sky. Damn. And then that's when they, they hit me with that ultimatum. I said, hey, man, I'm good. And he and then he, the cool thing about it was that the executive producer of the show was like, hey, man, I'm okay with ending the show, too. So he rode with us. He was like, hey, I, I don't want to do this either because I don't I don't like reggaeton music. You know, uh, I don't want anything to do with this either then. Let's just end it. And I said, yeah, I'm okay with ending it then. Yeah. So at that time, we just kind of like, we ended it, and then they still were calling me to do like a couple other interviews on the on the network. They kind of were trying to keep me around, um, but it wasn't like it wasn't what I was trying to do. And then I, then after that, I was like, I'm done, dude. Like, was it, huh? I'm like, dude, you gotta leave me alone. Now. Yo, like, I blame Daddy Yankee. Yeah, <laughs> I blame Nina Sky. Daddy Yankee, who's that? Nina Sky. I blame Wayne uh, Wonder. Dago, 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 Don Omar, Don Omar. All those guys. Yeah. Those dudes were hot, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. nothing against that kind of stuff, but it wasn't what we we're doing, like in any way. And okay. that, no, this, no, is, this is when. What, so, what year did? Did you depart from the show? Um, I think this was like now. This is probably like 04 around there. Okay. Maybe like 03, 04. So it had a run probably like about five years, maybe four or five years. Yeah. And then I was with them for like three, three and a half years. So how much did you regret not seeing Eminem's whole set? <laughs> <laughs> um not not much man okay, cuz yeah not much i mean i saw him a year later i saw him a year later there was a dope ass event and i'll never forget this the universal amphitheater when be when it was still there yeah. um driving around um i'm i'm driving around and i think i was like 18 or something right and on the radio they go this was 92.3 the beat at the time right so it's 90 he's like 92.3 the beat and they're like hey right now um, we're giving away tickets for the, for an hour. Oh, no, go to a Ticketmaster for an hour, and the tickets are $9.23. And it was Eminem, The Roots, uh, Black Eyed Peas, and Everlast. Jeez. Yeah. And Wait, didn't Eminem and Everlast have beef? This is before the beef, huh? I think this is maybe before the beef. And Eminem comes out, and this is a year later, and we're like, we're like tripping out because we're like, damn, that's the dude. Yeah, he made that it. That was a dude. And Dre comes out with him because the video had just dropped. 
And it was like, fuck, this dude's big. Like, this dude's about to be big. Like, Dre's on stage with him, like, yeah. you know, killing Signed it. with Aftermath. And- yeah. So so how involved are you in the in the underground scene now? Nah, no, nah, I don't want, I don't have nothing to part of it. No, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to have nothing a part of it just because I just don't, I can't invest all my time like I used to. Not even as a fan? Um, I'll go to, sh- I'll go to shows once in a while. Like, I'll go, I'll pop in there. Um, so I just get it, like, I don't know. It sounds it sounds egotistic or maybe like and like, but like, man, sometimes I get questions by people, you know, about stuff like that about the TV show. Mm-hmm. That I'm just like, man, I just Beautiful. came here to hang out and like see one of the artists and maybe get a conversation with a, an old friend or something like that. So then, and then, man, I, the the way the what I feel about the scene, why I can't be in the go to it is I feel like there's too many there's too many. There's too many rappers that that should just probably be fans of the music, you know what I mean? Too many hands yeah. in the pot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's- it it kind of like it it's kind of like man, is everybody a rapper in here? Well, like yeah. is everybody just waiting to go on stage? Yeah. 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 So when I go to a hip hop event, I'm like, oh man, dude, it's yeah. Everybody wants to be in the cipher. Yeah. It's it's different. I man, I still man, I love I still love being a fan. Like I never I was never the guy that wanted to be like. Any, any like host those. turned rapper no. or anything like I that. I would DJ at the time, like right after, um, probably during the TV show time. I used to DJ. Yeah, oh yeah. I would just <laughs> play, I but I'd play records and shit. Like yeah. me and my boy, we used to D- we used to DJ on a Sunday night, um, across the street, like literally in the same complex as a Spearmint Rhino on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this place called Mahoney's in City of Industry, and we would DJ there and play records on a Sunday night. And then the the strippers like in between or when they got off or before work would come and hang out with us, but there would be like four or five people in there and all the girls they would just be strippers, but they were real cool and they would come and dance a couple of songs to like Daylight and shit because we were playing real records like we're playing all real hip hop shit right, and we're playing like and they're dancing to Daylight and they're dancing to Tribe and stuff and then they go to work and they're like thanks guys kind of got us like loose you know ready to go <laughs> like, but I'm never not I'm never not trying to be a rapper not trying to be a producer. Right. Yeah. None of that stuff. I just loved being a fan and I like supporting the music and the scene. And now it's hard because the saturation is hard to find that scene. Yeah. Because there's so many. I mean, music is because one thing is music became so much easier to create. So it's more accessible. Yeah. Um, so there's more people trying to do it, you know? Yeah. So, it's just it's tough for me to see that kind of stuff, man. I I, I loved when. I loved when fan like when the fans were just like in in it and wanted to buy all them because I that's me I go I go to the event like now I go to I still go to shows all the time I'm really into like the underground jazz scene now okay yeah. the underground jazz scene is fucking ridiculous right and I'm there and I'm the dude that's like where's the merch table like I want to buy all the merch I want to buy the records give me the stickers yeah. give me all that shit. shirts the shirts all that because I'm still that guy like, in the I'm, jazz scene though but not yeah. not in the hip hop scene yeah. But the jazz, because the jazz scene right now, the jazz scene is just like underground hip hop. It's it's like that now. Like it's a smaller thing. The fucking music is amazing, and like the same feel from the people. Sometimes I almost feel like, like say if um so who was who's performing, like say if you go see Kamasi Washington, right? Kamasi's the fucking G in like LA jazz, right? You go see Kamasi Washington. It's a bunch of people our age. That you could tell were the were the people that went to underground hip hop events. They were the people. Oh, like, y'all you, just grown now. They're just grown now. Yeah. <laughs> but you found the music that's kind of that feel. That, that same you, energy. That same energy, and you're like, damn, this is where it's at. So now, it, I mean, if you want, you can find me somewhere. It's at some underground jazz shit. Like, that's so dope. 
earlier talking about how you you were so dedicated to being a fan that when other phases came, you stuck to that. Do you feel like you outgrew it and now this jazz is your new phase? No, no. Because hip hop out not maybe you didn't outgrow it, but maybe hip hop outgrew you because hip hop became so big. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it, it makes sense. We're about, um, we're about to get deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is no. I think about this all the time, right? Like yeah. I think, like you know, because I listen to so much like jazz shit now. I, I, but at the same time, like on the way over here, I was listening to Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib's album, Bananas album, right? The right. whole way, because I needed that kind of energy to wake me up right now, right? Like I couldn't, if I was gonna do some jazz shit, like I have to be in this space where like it's like the drive home after a long day. Are, down. No, because a lot of the jazz is like super aggressive right now. Like the 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 young jazz that's coming out of London and stuff like that, and even some of the LA the LA stuff. It's really aggressive. It's fast paced. It's a, like a it's almost like freestyle fellowship and like the way uh, Project Blow oh, rap, yeah, 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 rap yeah, yeah. right. It's that kind of jazz. It's like do do do. It's like all over the Real place. Right? But I think with my jet, the, the way I feel about jazz is that like I need to feel. Like, I need to feel all the emotions into the right. jazz shit, right? right? Like, hip-hop is still a thing that, like, and rap is fucking, that just still hypes me up. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm listening to that Freddie Gibbs album on the way over here, like, hyped. Like, I need to wake my ass up on a Sunday. I'm going to be hyped <laughs> yeah. on that right. shit, right? So, were you, like, um, so these days, guys, like, what are some of the underground cats? Like, were you on, you know, in 2008, were you on Kendrick? In 2012, were you on Anderson Pack? Like, what, uh, or have you been totally kind of, like... No, in 2008, this is crazy. I had this comment. This is crazy that you bring this up. In 2008, um, um, I catch word of Kendrick, right? And and I heard like maybe one or two songs, right? And I literally go to this guy who owns a, uh, a clothing store. I say, he's going to be bigger than everybody out there. It's not going to be close. He's going to be that much better. He's like, really? And I said, yeah, man, this is not going to be close. And then I... And then it's crazy because then like and this is a time when like Wiz Khalifa is like hot mm -hmm. right now. He's hot in 08. Like the, yeah, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. This is where he's like performed the glass house and he's like fucking sounding out like two nights. Yeah, he had that song say yeah. Yeah. So he's hot. But I'm like, dude, Kendrick is gonna be bigger than this shit. And the dude's like, really, really? I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, this is the fucking he's he's gonna he's gonna be the king of this shit. And he's like, really? Wow. And then I go and then like around and then at 2010. I get in the same argument with some dude. Same shit about this. He's like, no, nah, man, this dude's going to be bigger than... I'm like, Kendrick is going to be bigger than all these fools, and it's not going to be even close. Like, he's going to... It's going to be a gap in between that. Big gap. Because it, it, the way I feel about when I when I heard that music, I said, man, that's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and he's not trying to be in your kind of things. That's what I felt. But I said, if he... It's like when you hear, uh, when you're a kid and you hear uh, a song by your parents play and you know that it's like, it makes you feel good, like an Earth, Wind & Fire song. And you're like, damn. You hear September and you're like, shit, this feels good. This might not be my music, but it feels good. Now you growing up and you hear a hot song on the radio that you may not even feel too, but you're like, this feels good because they're hits, right? Right. His music, it, like the way I heard him sound, I'm like, all that shit is a fucking hit in there. And it's only going to get better. And that's how I felt about it. And I remember arguing with people, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm just telling you. What's crazy is because I had this conversation the other day. I said, Tupac and Biggie were so big and like everything, right? Like, they're just fucking gods, right? I go, basically, 
the, the guys that we were all hoping we didn't know who was going to come after them is Cole and Kendrick, right? But what's dope about that shit is, what's really dope about that shit is that Kendrick and Cole are, are more like Black Thought and fucking and most death. Right. Right. I which is which is the dopest shit about it because you were hoping that it didn't have to be some some other gangster rapper that needed to be that big. You're hoping that somebody came along. Like to think about it, you're like, damn, the the next two big giants of fucking rap music is gonna be two dudes that are really rapping. Right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's not some Lyrical. fucking not blame. I mean that exists. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, but it's two dudes that are just really rapping on some real fucking shit, and it's like, man, that kind of gives you hope, and you're like, shit, this is this is dope because if you were to think, oh man, these are the guys that are gonna take the take the throne after, and you're like, man, you kind of feel good about it. You're like, at least those guys, are, these are, these guys basically came through this fucking scene of like the real yeah. rappers, and now are are the, are the guys. So it's like, it feels good. It feels great. Yeah, hip hop yeah. is in it. That's so when people it's talk down place. about where hip hop is at now. I'm just like, exactly what you said. That's I couldn't have put it better. So that's that's dope to hear that perspective because a lot of people that come from the scene that you come from will be like, ah, oh, today hip hop is this, hip hop is trash. Or, but I I, I want to hear more of that perspective. Saying like, the top acts in hip hop right now, they're more like, you know, Black Thought. And so imagine now, just play devil's advocate. Imagine at that mainstream level. The, the rappers that should be fans imagine how many people they're influencing yeah and what you could potentially be missing out on yeah. because you were in this pocket in the scene that was a huge scene the LA underground scene is no small scene yeah and now the basically the LA underground scene now is the it's the big scene yeah and now you just gotta weed through uh, all the uh, uh, fans <laughs> that are just <laughs> making music and there's a lot of dope cats out there like yeah uh, that's why I, I wanted to know if you had your eyes on like someone Somebody, now, like who's the next. But if you're not really in the scene, it might be hard. Like the next to, protege. Like who's the next? You know, because we, I mean, we frequent some scenes. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm heavily involved in, in like a, like a, not the, I don't know if you call it LA hip underground, just underground, in IE LA, you know, SGV, whatever. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely see what you're talking about. Though there's a lot of like, uh, there's usually one or two in the lineup that I'm like, yo, this guy is it. But I question, is it, is this guy it? Because these guys are not it. Or is he really it? But then I really been paying attention. There's a few, there's a few cats out Good there habit. that that I could see that because uh, I'm new to the scene. Yeah, I, I could see that like man, in three or four years, I'm gonna be talking about. You know, I remember when I saw so and so at this small show in Covina. Or, yeah, you know. But um, yeah. Do you guys have anybody like that in mind now? Um, man, I, like like you said, I I, I don't man, I, I don't think I spent enough time to even like in that scene to like recognize somebody you know like i can't yeah. say i can't front even be like we're gonna give you some names <laughs> <laughs> yeah no man i i'm i uh if if i'm if i'm involved in like if i hang out on a scene really it's just the, the jazz scene right now like i'm all fucking i went to like 30 shows last year that was just fucking jazz and shit you know what i mean like there was a girl named um jamie branch and she she showed she showed up in la finally i was fucking bugging her on ig all the time <laughs> I was bugging her. Like, Come to LA. Yeah, like every time she fucking was doing a tour or something, I said, "Hey, you need to add an LA date to this shit. Like, please add an LA date to." She, I'm the fucking dude. Like, I'm I'm 38 years old. Like, shit. <laughs> I'm a dude who's like fucking waiting outside for, waiting for her to go outside so I can take a picture with her. You know, like, <laughs> like fucking, you know, 
yo, you need to come out here. And then the minute she gets out here, she's outside. And I'm like, I've been telling you, I'm in the guy, I'm the dude who fucking has been blowing up your IG and shit. Like, it's me. Yeah. Like, she's like, security. And I, and I take a picture with her and she's looking at me all weird. And I'm like, you're yeah. a fan, bro. That's yeah. dope. No, he's not a fan. He's a stan. Okay. I have a stan. A stan. Yeah. Yeah. A jazz stan. Yeah. Yeah. Jazz stan. <laughs> it's been so long since I wrote you. Yeah. <laughs> You finally came to LA like you were supposed to. Yeah. No. Oh shit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, but Eminem. yeah, sorry, like, thinking Eminem thoughts. Sorry. That's dope. I mean, I, I mean, it works out. The, the, oh shit. The thing about what I think about with hip hop right now, I, I keep this is the one thing I like I can say about underground hip hop or independent hip hop in in LA. A part of me thinks that um, just because the energy is changing to a different area, like that, the hip hop scene in in Santa Ana is so big, right? They fucking love it there because of GCS, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're doing all the things that you would do to create energy for something to to manifest from there, right? So you know they have like open mic things, I, and I hardly go down there, but I pay attention to it, right? Yeah, same. And something has to come out of there, like something you can't put that much energy in one space and somebody not to come out of there, right? Either a producer or a rapper or a DJ, right? I think the same thing for the IE, all the LA people are moving out to the IE. Something has to manifest from there too, right? And something has to sprout out of there. So if anything, I if if I can forecast anything, I would say like something's gonna come out of left field from an area we least expect it in the future, right? In the next like within yeah. these ten years. Yeah. Because it's like I have friends like I come from a I, in my in my early years, my my childhood, I was a boxer for a long time. And the LA boxing scene was so big. There were so many great fighters coming out of, and the amateurs coming out of East LA and LA. And because Compton. of like guys like De La Hoya, yeah, right? That right. influenced all that. Influenced all that, right? And it's like, damn, like, so the energy was there because all the best guys were fighting in that scene, right? Well, now all the all those best guys, all those families moved to Vegas. Right. Now Vegas got the scene and got the energy of all the young dudes coming up. Right. So yep. the next champ the next dude is probably going to be coming out of vegas because it's all there now the, comp- the competitive nature is there so that's what i think about if i can forecast i don't know who it is because i'm not so involved in like yeah. under the scene but i can just say is like man i won't be surprised in the next 10 years someone comes out of the ie that's just humongous someone comes out of fucking someone hey, santa ana. yeah santa ana that's humongous that's because some, yeah. when before you had to be from la to get any props yeah so to all you transplants, you don't need to come to LA to do any of this shit. You, you, you just you got all the resources resources on the internet, it's, man. Dude, it's it's. I had this conversation the day where it's it's like Anderson Pack, right? Anderson Pack's not from LA. Oxnard. Yeah, he's from Oxnard, right? Before yeah. Oxnard would get no love. Yeah. Well, get, besides for Vargas. Yeah. But boxer. you, yeah, boxing. But you get no love if you right. try to come into our scene and music and stuff. Yeah. They'd be like, "You're from Oxnard, nah, dude. <laughs> Stay in the strawberry fields, homie." Yeah, like. None of that, but damn. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean. Like yeah. they have like changed uh, so much. I have to think about that for a second. Okay. It's it's changed so much that people are like, "Do your dope." I don't care where you're from. Like you're from Oxnard, whatever. You're just dope. Like yeah. And it's it's changing that way because it's just like we're all we fucking live in a small world and shit. You know what I mean? Like this is fun. Yeah. And if, yeah if you live in Oxnard, if you live in IE, LA is a short drive away. Yeah. So you could do what. You could build your scene and you could start doing shows. Because didn't, didn't Anderson Pack really start taking off like in the Lamar Park scene too? After, didn't he hit like bananas and uh, 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. he was in. Yeah, he was. So, he was at Project Load and all. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. And you're right. I think people are getting hip to like. I like when I'm in LA, and I see artists from the IE. It's always the same. When I go to the IE, there's like all these shows where a lot of people, their fans, rappers, and there's some of them that are super dope. Yeah. But the ones that I see that pop up at the LA events too, those are the ones that something triggers in my head to be like, there's a reason why you're out here. There's yeah. a reason why you're not just because a lot of people are just like, we don't need to go to LA. Yeah. We just you know we can do we can do stuff over here, and that's great. It's great to put on for your city and where you're from. But people in LA don't think the same way that people in the IE. The IE is big, like. No one's like, yo, you're from Compton, you're from Long Beach. This is L.A. If you tell someone like from Compton that, oh, you're L.A. rapper, they're going to correct you. Yeah. Or someone from Long Beach. Mm-hmm. I said that one time. I was like, yeah, you know, being in L.A. He's like, no, this is not L.A. This is Long Beach. But in the I.E., whether you're in Fontana or Corona or, or San Bernardino, they all get together and be like, this is the I.E. We don't need the L.A. We're real. <laughs> but then. We're real. We are real sectional. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, yeah. like, we're real, like. From East Los or from East Los? From Boyle Heights, don't say that I'm from East Los. I'm from Boyle Heights. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the one thing people don't. And I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. yeah. you cannot. My dad's from East LA. My mom's yeah, from Boyle gotta, Heights. Yeah, you claim your you turf. You cannot say if you say if you say you're, if you're really from East LA and if you say you're from East LA but you're really from Boyle Heights, man. No, yeah, and yeah. and it's crazy because I just like you lost all credibility. Growing, <laughs> grow, <laughs> grow, growing up, to to us, like everything. East of Alameda was East LA until I started like, you know, befriending a lot of people that grew up in Ball Heights or grew up in East LA. And we're like, nah, we're from East LA. They're from Ball Heights. Yeah. Now nah, we're from Ball Heights. They're from East LA. You know, because on my side, you know, we're like the heart of the city. So we're like, nah, everything, everything East of Alameda is East LA. But yeah. they're like, nah, nah, nah. Was, we got corrected. No, I got corrected many yeah, times. That's something that um, I'm, I'm always arguing with people. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, and it's a different area. Yeah. No, it is big time. But it's a big scene. What I'm saying is that all these artists from every everywhere just know that yeah. there's 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 a scene in your city and your county or wherever you represent. But you know, when you start making waves, there's nothing. What I want to say, there's nothing wrong with making the decision to move to or make moves in LA to like branch you know? out huh? like to you branch know? out because uh, that's what I'm saying I just know yeah there's a couple cats that I'm like yo these cats and there's a I mean I work with a lot of artists out in the IE so aside from those folk that are just like automatic if I mention them would be biased but like there's cats <laughs> that I just know that I see around that I don't produce like there's one cat um, his name is Waju yeah um, and I don't know if he's from the IE or LA but he does shows in both I see him everywhere yeah like he he he's on he's uh, like he's one of those cats where he has some records that I'm like yo you you got something you yeah know? but um yeah there's there's definitely a you know a scene yeah but I could definitely see how uh you may have gravitated towards something else yeah I just uh, I mean uh, you know the thing about the thing about I love about hip hop at the same time I'm like I can't handle it as much now being a like an older adult, you know, <laughs> is it that old hip hop has a hip hop has an attitude about it? Like it just does. Like it ha- it just always does. Like you represent like when you love hip hop in a real way, right? That attitude isn't something I want to be around. Um, the minute I walk through the door of with younger people, you know what I mean? I just when I was young, when I was young, I love that. I love to be part of that, that attitude energy, yeah. of just being like, this is hip hop. This is what it represents, and people are gonna come with the attitude. And they're gonna come and flex and right. do yeah. all this stuff, right? right? As an adult, I think my demeanor um, going out 
is a lot different where like um I'm gonna be at some progressive jazz shit where like um it's it's a little bit more grown you know what I'm saying it's a little it's refined bit, it's a little bit more refined and it's a little bit more and if it's gonna be re- aggressive it's gonna be aggressive um in a different way that it's gonna be more my pace so when I, I as much as I like need my fix at times for hip-hop events and hip-hop stuff I'm very um, very selective about it because I can't be be I can't get to that level anymore you know and that's where I kind of maybe disappoints myself a little bit because I can't I can't get in that that mood too much to be like man because I would go to I'd be at a hip-hop event six days out of the week or some kind of DJ six days out of the week I would take I would literally take Monday off or maybe not even Monday, but like maybe Sunday or something, right? But I'd be out six days a week. That's a lot. Yeah. But this is for like years. I mean, even after like the hip hop stuff. So like my whole 20s, I was like from tw- from like, ni- I mean, even more from, from like 19 to like, oh yeah, from 19 to 29, I was out probably almost every day of the night. Either, and then, and I didn't drink. So I didn't drink until I was like 25. So I didn't drink my like that whole time when I was doing the TV show. Yeah. That was another thing because man, every time I went anybody, somebody was trying to hand me a drink or weed every time I fucking walked in a place. Like, here's free drinks. Here's let's go to the VIP room. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and I didn't drink. And then, and then, but from 20 from 25 to like 29, fucking went hard. Like, <laughs> like dumb hard. Just, <laughs> and that's when I started throwing parties. Uh. Yeah. I started throwing, I started doing the get up shit. Cause I was like, Dude, I didn't, I didn't, I, I took my life serious from 19 to 24, <laughs> 25. I fucking took that shit serious as you can. Like, that's when you're on the show. That was when I'm on the show. Well, like, post I show. Didn't, didn't want to mess around. Like, I didn't want to jeopardize yeah. any of this. I didn't want my parents to be upset. I didn't want anything to mess this up on my end. You know, I didn't want to be yeah. that dude that's like, yo, that's a solid work ethic that, like, not a lot of 19 year olds never probably. Yeah. And then the, the get up years came through. Yeah, man, that <laughs> that was crazy because like when I, I had like I think for a year I had ended going out. I I went back to boxing for a year. I said I was like always out, and I said to told my told all my friends I said, "Hey, man, you ain't gonna see me. I'm done with all this shit." And I went back to boxing, and I dropped like forty pounds in four months to get back into shape. And I get back into shape, and I fucking spent a whole year going back to boxing, and I was on the verge of turning pro. And and it was so crazy because like I go my last fight um, I'm fighting in the desert some at some big event and I said this is the fight that's either gonna make me or break me I said because I had like a long amateur career more than a hundred fights uh, three national championships and I went back to boxing took it serious and I said this is my last I'm gonna give it one last go so that last fight I said I told myself if I win this fight. Let's get let's get let's start getting the paperwork and we start negotiating trying to get a contract with somebody. I fucking I'm at that fight. I'm fighting this dude who's a marine. I'm fucking the dude thinks he's gonna beat me. I start lighting him up in the first round. Bam, bam, bam! I'm lighting him up. He's bleeding and stuff. All right. The start of the second round, I, I'm like, I hear my coach yelling, "Oh man, you got him! You got him! Get them! You just get them! Just get them! Start getting them now!" So I go in to start like beating him and like beating his ass. And when I go in to go land a body shot, our heads collide and his eye just completely rips open, like cuts in half, basically. Oh. And they stop the fight. 
They stop the fight and they're like, you can't, you can't win on a disqualification like this. I'm like, but I was like, I'm winning the fight. Yeah. And they're like, you can't. So I was like, Mansa sign. I go, Mansa sign. I literally take that sign and I'm like, hey man. I start calling up a bunch of people like, hey, um, let's throw a party tonight. I'm coming back from the, the uh, from, from the fucking desert. Let's go. Um, let's meet here. Let's throw a party tonight at this this spot. It's the get up. No, so not yet, not yet. But I get the idea from that, right? Yeah. I said, man, I just invited all my friends, which was like 50 deep, maybe maybe more, to come and hang out with me because I was a little a little bummed out. Come hang out with me. I'm like, dude, I literally packed this place in. It was a tiny place. I go, I literally packed this in. But fuck, I can just throw parties and shit. And then. I meet I meet Jowalski, who's like my best one of my closest friends and shit, right? And he's like, he was throwing parties. And I remember I go to one of his parties he's throwing, and I'm like, damn, they're kind of doing what I was doing when I did that thing. I go, Bridges. No, it wasn't Bridges. Wasn't Bridges yet? No, they were just they were just throwing like this party in downtown. Okay. Fucking cracking though. And I was like, man, I had a good time. And then I fast forward, we like kind of we had a meeting and I said, hey. Um, I'm de- I can get venues easily. I can, I can just get venues easily. Um, let's throw a party. And um, really, it's just to promote you guys as DJs. And you know, and when it dies out, at least you got you guys will have a you guys had a platform, platform to keep going on. That was the whole goal. And then we started doing it. And the first couple ones weren't hitting, and then all of a sudden they hit, and we were fucking partying crazy. It was packed all the time, and we're just like having these dope ass parties for a good like three years and then we started we I went out to New York and went out to, to New York just to go hang out get away I meet this DJ out there DJ Ironline who's now fucking huge DJ in Miami now but he had small little spots in New York but now he's fucking DJing that live and shit like he's the big time big ass clubs nice. big ass clubs yeah so I go meet him and he's like yo let's do a party bring people from LA and we'll fucking uh, we'll have a party and shit so, like, I come back home. I said, we're throwing a party in New York with this dude. We pack a bunch of people on the plane. We go there, bring all my New York family that's, like, from L.A. and from the Bay Area. And I said, hey, we're throwing a party. You guys need to be a part of it. So it was, like, New York, L.A. Bay party in New York. And it's fucking packed. Wow. And we just had that shit cracking. It was, like, one of the best nights that I've ever had. That's a, a party. crazy combination. Then we were like riding it high that we were like, we had a connection to the Bay and we started doing this spot called the Sip Lounge in San Francisco. And we were going up there every other month and throwing a party up there, which was cracking too. Cause they kind of had like a little, their own little fan base at that bar. But then we started bringing all the LA people saying, Hey, you want to take a vacation for the weekend? Go to the, let's go and let's go do the get up up there. And we started doing that shit. And that shit went on for a while. We just had it cracking. And then, like anything, man, everybody kind of got a little bit older. And then, like, fucking, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this shit no more. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. You just, like, think of something, try it, do it. And then don't be yeah. afraid to, like, put something to bed. You know, like, be like, ah, oh, this is, this run its course. Yeah. It's I'm, better to quit while you're ahead. You I'm know? always, I've always been like that. Like, if something's just not, I, I, I can feel it kind of, like, fading. I don't want to ride it to the bones. Like, I really don't. I kind of would just be like. I can see that. I could be like, dude, this isn't. This isn't special. It's not hitting them. Yeah, it's not a special thing. But yeah, that's crazy. So what is uh, what is next then? What is next? We got uh, let me see. Oh, well, as far as uh, music. Well, for you, um, what is next? Um, I'm I'm doing this thing, man, and 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 I think I think it's kind of interesting. And it's I have an Instagram page, and it's called I Don't Walk in L.A. Right? 
Oh, and okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's called I Don't Walk in L.A. Okay. Because I don't walk in L.A. Like, I don't. <laughs> but everywhere else I travel to, I fucking, I walk everywhere. I hate taking a train. I hate taking anything. I just be like, where's it? Like, a mile and a half? All right, I'm going to walk there. Like, I'll figure it out when I get, you know. And so it's called I Don't Walk in L.A., but it has nothing to do with, like, walking or anything like that. It has to do with events and parties all over the world. So I travel a lot. And what I do when I travel, I go and find their music scene. So how I figured that out was the way say like a Dame Funk DJs in Amsterdam, right? I find the venue that he DJs at. Then I look at their event calendar and I'm like, oh dang, if he's DJing there, that means J-Rock will DJ there. That means Spinner will DJ there. I'm like, that's the spot. So I start following their Instagram page or following things that they do. So now I collected all these venues from all over the world, like all over the world of like Places that I've been to in Osaka, places I've been into Tokyo that have the dopest DJs. If you want to come into town and you want to go to a real party that you would be like a party be in LA. Okay. I found that party in all, all the places in the world. Okay. Like literally all the places in the world. Like I'm talking about, I found the fucking spot in India that plays, um, that plays bachata music. <laughs> it is salsa music. <laughs> crazy. In, in Bombay. In Mumbai. That's Mumbai, crazy. I found the fucking spot. I That's found the spot insane. that has Wednesday hip hop in India that has like all the underground rappers to go and meet there. So I'm looking for a spot in 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 Germany that is that does like lo-fi beats. Yeah, I, I have it. Okay, I let's connect. Because yeah. I, I recently got tapped into a bunch of Spotify playlists. Yeah. One of my songs that I did got on a, a Spotify playlist in Germany. Yeah. So my numbers are insane in Germany. Yeah. So I've been thinking like, how do I? And I was like looking on hashtags, Lo-Fi Germany, and I found a couple spots. So I'm with you. We're gonna talk after this. Yeah. Sure. So that's the thing that I have that I worked on for a while, and then I stopped. But I still been collecting all the data, like all the flyers and all the events. I just gotta just update them. But I'm like, I have it all there. That's and it. It's called like I don't walk in LA. That's so it has like, nothing to do with not walking in LA. Has nothing to do because it has more <laughs> to do with when I when I go to a a country I walk to that venue like I go and walk over to yeah. that venue I find the venue and I'm like shit explore I go and explore you can't do like, that like I was here. in Mexico City and I went to fucking um, like I was in Mexico City and I found a party on Resident Advisor right and I was like damn this this doesn't look like a venue I get there knock on the door and this dude opens the door and he's like yeah you're here at the party Sick. walk to the party and it's dark and they're only like this long dark hallway and they're checking with with flashlights they're walking you through and they're like they're like you got to cover your phone you got to tape your phone up and you can't you can't use your camera in here at all and i'm like damn but that's the stuff that i find so when people go and travel and they want to party at night they don't end up at the tourist club spot i found the la type of party in every part of the world sick so that's the thing that i'm kind of working on but i i, you I don't sh- you should turn into a podcast no. <laughs> oh, hey there you go no i just i mean but I mean, I guess that, and um, I'm 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 also doing on some other like other other shit like inspired by like Nipsey Hussle and shit like Nipsey and shit. Where I'm what what this is like my big project. My big project is this. I'm trying to fight gentrification in where I live. I'm not gonna say where I live, but I'm trying to fight gentrification. How I'm trying to fight gentrification is this. I'm trying to help all, all the people in the neighborhood that can't afford to fix up their houses. Um, I'm, what I'm trying to do is like I'm trying to get this is my, my new shit dude this is crazy 
it's gonna piss a lot of fucking people off too <laughs> because a lot of people want to buy all these houses up, they right? do right do but what i'm trying to do is this i'm trying to go to those families that can't afford this shit i'm saying hey let's fix up your yard let's fucking let's paint your house for free Let's do all this stuff so that you want to stay here in your house because the neighborhood's going to get really, the neighborhood's getting really, really good, but I don't want you to leave because I want to walk around this neighborhood and see, you know, all these different nationalities, right? But I want you to stay because I know you've been here for a long time, but the way you're going to stay is you're going to, you have to feel good about coming to your house. Cause I, when I walk into my house, I'm like, damn, this feels good. My house looks good, but I need the neighbors, the ones that can't afford to fix up their house to fucking to need a, if they need a little help I'm gonna be there so that's my next my, my, that's my big project that's my big real project dope is to be like hey I don't want you to move I can't have I can't afford for you for you guys to move because you guys are good neighbors and good people and at the same time we need this we need LA people in LA right. that stay here because if not this whole neighborhood is going to be filled with people that are not from L.A. that don't care about L.A. Yeah. That will talk shit about L.A. And, t- and then tell you what L.A. is really about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my whole thing now is to be like, hey, let me. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to change my community or anything like that. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage people not to sell their houses by being happy to be there, even though the neighborhood's changing. You know what I'm saying? And so... That's like my fucking. That's like that's the shit. Next that, passion project. That's a passion shit right there. Yeah. That's dope. Ooh, that sounds like yeah. an insane idea. But I know it's gonna piss a lot of people off. It's gonna piss a lot Ooh, of real estate. That's shit. okay. Yeah. Like Everything all those does. all those real estate people are gonna be fucking pissed at me. Fuck but I don't care. Fuck them. I don't care because at one point, man, the same people that like that are dark like us were the same people that were like not trying to be cool with me. Um, Helping me like fucking get that get the house get a house right when I had like real talks with a dude and he was like and I was like man I'm like man I'm fucking third generation LA man I love this place imagine if I lived here how much how much pride I would take in being in this house and the dude didn't care and he I was like well, he didn't want you there no nah, he was just like nah you you don't now nah, I'm hoping to get like fucking three times the offer for this house oh. And so I whoever's said, gonna pay for it is gonna get yeah. regardless of the backstory and yeah. yeah well he just didn't even and he was a person of color too right and he was just like fucking he didn't give a shit and I said yeah. alright man I see what this is about then yeah I'm like alright I'm I'm gonna do something that's gonna piss you off now cause you, you piss me off now <laughs> right yeah. proactive that's being about it yeah go for it yeah that's as dope. long as you're making an effort to put back into your community yeah. you know at, yeah there's gonna be people coming to your community they're not from your community but maybe they're gonna plant roots, and maybe there's some good ones that are gonna be. By the time your your family's fifth generation LA, they'll have a second generation LA. You know, at one point, everybody, no one's from here. You know. Yeah. But as long as you're contributing and helping your community, I think that's super dope. Yeah, because even the other day, my dad was at my house, and I see that. I go, "Do you see that house over there?" I said, "I said, let's paint that house for that lady." And that lady's gonna fucking be shocked when I tell her that shit, right? Then I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna paint her house for free and fix her, fix her house up for her. But I told my dad, he's like, yo, let's do it. Let's go paint their house for them. Let's fucking, you know, yeah. fucking let's do it. Who cares? Sounds like a, this isn't about money. This is fucking bigger than that shit. Sounds like a new show. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dope. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So let's, uh, what we got next on the agenda, fellas? Get some real quick food food bites. Yeah, we want to hear, uh, yeah, let's see. What, what, what do we want to what what touch on? We got about 10 minutes. I'd say like, 
What do you like to eat? Where do you like to eat at? You don't gotta specifically mention oh. like your neighborhood or anything like that. In this, con- in this country or any other? <laughs> oh country. yeah, there you go. I like that a, too. We got a man oh. of travel over here. Yeah, that's oh. right. traveling man. He's a man, traveler. Um, the main man, my my weakness at uh, my weakness right now, and I, it, it's been there. It's been for like the last ten years. Is Brazilian food. Ooh. So there's a thing called feijoada. Feijoada is like a stew, and it's, it's like pork beans, and it's real pork. like a dark stew, and you're hearty. Yes, and it's in Brazil. It's only served, I think, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So like, but it's like food that's like, it's gonna, man, it's gonna fill you up and it feels Damn. good. So, uh, uh, you had so, it in Brazil or you had it here? I've had it here too. It's kind of close, but in Brazil, um, fucking, it's my shit. Like I gotta have feijoada. Like the minute I get there, I've never feijoada. had Brazilian food. Never. Feijoada and there's a and a little thing called coxinhas. And it's like a little, like almost like pastry, but it's more savory. Mm-hmm. That and then, uh, but in LA, um, damn man, what's like my go-to? Oh man, dude, I like that. If all right, there's a spot when anybody comes to LA, I take them there first. And okay. there's a spot called um, El Camarón Perado, and it's like a, a marisco place. And it's to me, it's not. It's like super genuine, and it seems like a spot that was in Mexico. It's it's super inexpensive for what they do. It's just like a bunch of young people running that whole restaurant. That you could tell, like it's just their their passion project, and it's fucking amazing. Nice. So anytime anybody comes yeah. into town, I take them there. Like that's the place I go. So where's that at? I'm um, in Lincoln Heights, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing is, thing is in Lincoln Heights, Sounds but it's called El Camarón Perado, and it's it's cheap, dude. Like, I can't believe that they, I can't believe the prices that they charge for that fucking place. And that place is so good, dude. And it's not like a, it's not like all super nice inside. They're not trying to be. Uh, the food speaks for itself. You come yeah, in and eat the it's, food. It's not. It's That's that kind dope. of place, man. I actually like it, but I mean, yeah. It seems real. <laughs> like it's like somebody really making you some good food. It's super good. Story over there. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. We can't hear it on the mic. Um, I'm like, good. What, uh, so here's a um, a Streety Still Beats classic question. What is uh, a spot that you feel like is like super overrated? Uh, damn, damn, a lot to me. <laughs> uh, I like this question. Every time we ask it, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be good. I just want to see. Then I look over at him. I was um, like, I know which ones are gonna trigger him. <laughs> I Man. love Tommy. No, <laughs> I guess you could say I said Pink's probably. Pink's. Okay. I said Pink's. Um, what else? There's something else that's always on my mind, and I oh, I'm gonna piss a bunch of people off right now. King Taco, man. I think that's oh, oh yeah, King Taco. I no, think. I agree with you on that one. I think I think King Taco is the, the most cool, but... the most overrated place like ever. I think. I, I think it's like it's basically like a like a pink's people like have to feel like they they go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just to say, like, I want to keep that. Yeah, and yeah. It, and, so and, then, and then it's generational. Yeah. So it's generational people like, oh, I've always been, I've been going here, right? But that's to me like, man, I fight people I, for that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with on. you. I agree with you. What about let's say, um, well, can't say after the club now after a good jazz show. Mm-hmm. Where's Rudy eat? Oh man, I I can't I, I won't I can't tell you the name man because that that's Uh-oh. my literally like that's my spot. It's Good. in San Gabriel. It's a Chinese spot. Any but I'll just tell you anywhere on Valley, any of the cafes yeah. on Valley in San Gabriel, 
They stay yes. open until they stay open until like four o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm you know, I'm from around, I'm from that area. So like, mm-hmm. but there's a specific spot. I I can't I can't now say that name because it's like you can tell us off yeah, there. But because that's my like literally that's my spot. I've been going there for man twenty something years now. And they, it was funny because they had changed the name and I was pissed. I was like, they're going to change the food. They're going to change the menu and all this stuff like that. But they just did the whole, like, let me change the name, tax kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Did, they did that. that. They did that. Moment. They did that thing. It was the same people that worked there. Mm-hmm. The fucking food is amazing. And I probably go there, like, at least once a month. But not even on some, I go there, like, or the minute I get, you know, everybody goes to uh, in and out the minute they get back into town. I go straight to that spot. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's your in respect. They just, you know, they do, um, they they do a uh, crispy noodles. They do a crispy noodles with a, it's called exo sauce with seafood. Fuck. God, dude. Fire. Yeah. Dude. I even order so, like a lot of extra food because I want that to be like my food for the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it hits so much better dude. the next day yeah, too. Dude. Like that reheated, Man. that reheated food. And you guys are Bang. bringing up the whole like MSG thing. <laughs> you guys are talking about yeah, we, we did oh, have yeah, a yeah, little yeah. discussion about that yeah and it's like man I, every time I like I go there I'm like dude I'm about to have good dreams tonight like, <laughs> MSG but you know MSG, you, the crazy G- thing is G- we're G- yeah G- we're having this uh, this quick conversation the other day is it's like I don't know to the outside world if you want to say MSG is always you know tied to Chinese food yeah but what people don't realize is that monosodium glutamate MSG is it a lot of shit we eat? Chips, it's in, man. It's in Chick Fil A, which I loathe. It's in Doritos. It's in Hot Cheerios. Yeah. It's in everything. <laughs> yeah, it's in dude. a lot of Japanese food. Oh yeah, no one ever brings up the fact no, that it's yeah. in Japanese food. It's and, in a lot of like any of these any of these like sushi spots you go to. Yeah, they're not using regular mayo. They're using the mayo that no. has MSG. In but it. but if you notice when you when you pass by Chinese places, they have that. No, you know we don't use MSG. Yeah, you know. Why? Because that's just they, to make them feel better. They want to make the American, in. you know, the Americans happy. Yeah. The American want to say yeah. there's a per, there's a thing about Chinese food and the Chinese culture, amongst like how uh, white people perceive yeah. Asian culture. It's very specific. That's what, we're gonna get into it on our next episode. Yeah, part because two. because of the fact that like there's I don't know there's something there. There's a reason why be. in LA and California and America. It's always Chinese food. It's always Chinos. It's always mm-hmm. no. You're right. But 100%. no one ever says anything about Japanese food. No. no one ever says anything about Korean food. No one ever says anything about the rice that's made at the Mexican restaurant, right? With the chicken bouillon or whatever. 100%. Chicken bouillon. No, no, no. It's the truth, bro. It's the truth. The Chinese people know it, and they have to. So that's a whole other combo. We're gonna talk about it next episode. Yeah. Grew up in El Monte, pinche chino. Yeah, <laughs> I got all of that, dude. But I'm Japanese. So I don't care. But with that, with that, with that said, where um. Where could they find you if you want to divulge that information? Um, like, I, I not physically, but online. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I, Give me your longitude, latitude, if you Just, want. I don't I, walk in LA. Yeah, I yeah, um, yeah. I won't. The one thing about my personal Instagram, like, I don't add anybody to it. Like, I have to really be like select. Yeah, just kind of like super vetted. Yeah, I look to see who they are, kind of thing, and then because uh, I I share stuff that that's like personal at, at times on it and. And um, so I won't, but I, I'll, I'll give out my other Instagram. Which, um, I don't walk in LA. People can send me a direct message there. And what do you mean? That's, that's your only Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could, they could, um, they could. Uh, I, and I do have, you know, I actually have another, I have another page, and I don't work on it enough, enough. But it's, it's like, um, 
what's that um what's the what's the page that the instagram page where they promote like 90s it's real popular like 90s um backyard parties and they show oh them. is it um veteranos and rucas yeah. there's yeah. uh there's, there's a couple of them that 90s. right yeah. well, i have i have a page and i started it and it but i didn't really like go too much into it but i, I think i posted like maybe 30 pictures and it's called amateur days with a z at the end and what it is is the same kind of format and it's showing all the amateur boxers when oh when they're kids nice like all the bo- like all their amateur pitchers so all the guys like growing up when they would fight in tournaments and stuff like that it's pictures of them yeah. like that did you so, have a did you have a nickname when you were boxing um little big rudy <laughs> little big rudy yeah because they they said i fought like i was big but i was really small nice <laughs> yeah but yeah so i don't walk in la is how people can reach me dope yeah. dope well with that said thank you for coming on bro oh, thank you guys we appreciate you yeah this is the first time i was talking i was talking like i've really never really talked about the show too much with people um thank so you for sharing great, that with us yeah, yeah. i'm fascinated so it's a part of a part of uh la hip-hop history you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah, it's, it's, it's a hip-hop period it's yeah it's no, important. It, 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 that show like i'm telling you you know we became friends later on in life but like to think back back then and how it was and the whole hip-hop scene and how now it's so easily accessible but how big the show got with like yeah there wasn't like internet wasn't popping you know none of these uh social media platforms were popping like you had to go out to these shows you had to go out and find these flyers you had to go out and and you know become a part of that scene or any it, scene yeah. yeah you had to, exactly you had to chase it so mm-hmm. we appreciate you bro you know Thank you, we man. had a great time you know you guys got awesome. me here on a sunday morning right <laughs> Amen. yeah thank you i know jd's over there knocked out on the couch like if he's at the pad <laughs> no but i appreciate it man thank you guys so much yeah, I, I, I i like this kind of stuff man i really do i listen to podcasts and i listen to my shit yeah we'll, we'll have up? you back soon we'll yeah, talk we'll... about some gentrification yeah, I want to start a podcast called "I Move." I moved to LA, <laughs> and then have everybody on. It's like, so what? What's up? I moved here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Triggering me. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, this is Street Eats and Dope Beats. We out. Peace. Peace.